If you do have your Bible with you, we are going to open it at Matthew chapter 11 again. One of the things uh, it takes for me, by, by doing this weekly over a series of weeks and probably about, I think there'll be about six or seven times, was that we've actually gathered to read this one scripture together. Um, if you're anything like me, you, you may be not, and that's a really good thing, but if you are like me, <laughs> uh, sometimes you need to just keep ploughing into a scripture time and time and time again and just allow the work of the Holy Spirit to work it into who you are. And that sometimes takes a reading of it and then a reading again and a reading again. And every time, if we have the sensitivity of relationship to the presence of God, we will gain more and more and more from that same passage of Scripture as the Holy Spirit brings revelation and depth and insight to us. So we're going to read that again today. So if you've got your Bible handy, grab it. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 11 and pick up in verse 25 in a minute. Before we get there, though, you may remember if you were here or if you've just started to journey with us here at Pine Rivers Vineyard, at the start of the year, at the start of 2020, we taught this series of messages about what is it like to live a non-anxious life living not in response to the anxiety of culture, not in response to the challenges of the moment. And we, we explored together how grounding ourselves in Jesus, what would that look like to live a non-anxious life? Because everywhere we go, everyone's contending with culturally, as well as emotionally, spiritually, mentally, on different levels, anxiety is one of those hot, button words and realities for people. And then there's the invitation of the message and the ministry of Jesus to a non-anxious life. And you may, you may recall we used this illustration together of, of as if you were going to the beach and you go surfing. Some of you may surf, some not. That's all good. But the idea is if you've spent any time in the surf, you'll realise that waves come. And with the waves come all sorts of um, power and authority to pick you up and move you with it. And you can either ride with it or you can muscle as hard as you can to get through it in the opposite direction. Or you can learn to partner with what the wave is bringing. And we explore together actually... Um, you know, a non-anxious life is learning to partner with the waves of God's kingdom coming into the earth, not muscling against it, not telling the wave, yeah, this is good, but I want you to do it my way, but no, rather we learning to partner with what God's doing. And falling off the wave, non-anxious people living in the reality that There's always, always another wave and you can get back on and you can take it, take the journey with what God's doing. You may remember that we touched and explored this and how God's unstoppable love is at work, wave after wave after wave, and he invites us to jump on that ride with him. And so we 
we spent the start of the year pushing into that space and then all of a sudden, late March turns up and so does a global health pandemic and everyone's world is just inside out, upside down, front to back, the whole lot. Everyone's workplace, everyone's educational space, everyone's home life, work life, everything is completely poked at by this pandemic about how we do life. And there was massive waves of anxiety that were attached to that. And there's still lots of waves of anxiety going all over attached to that whole reality of that health issue that's in our, in our world right now. So after the invitation of God at the start of this year to, to hear his invitation to a non-anxious life, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves in this massive moment of huge anxiety, and it's not just something that we ourselves internally are wrestling with, it's like the whole world is having to deal with this. The economic repercussions, the, the travel implication, you know, implications, it's huge on every level. And, and, and people's workplaces, some people have lost work, some people are economically um, in, a, in a really financially challenged moment right now, but how are we at the end of this year in regards to the invitation that God invited us to at the start of the year? How's the non-anxious life going with Jesus? I want to wrap this series up this morning about, uh, by asking that question. How are you going with living the non-anxious life with Jesus, Jesus as Lord? You know, as I'm closing out this year, and um, as I'm closing out this year and I, as I'm preparing my heart to celebrate Advent, where I really turn my focus intentionally, turn my focus to celebrating the advent of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and all of the hope and the peace and the power and the love that Jesus in his birth brings into the earth. As I turn myself towards that and the advent of his arrival coming again, his soon coming arrival, and learning to live in all of that, I'm, ask, I'm reflecting on the fact that Jesus has taken me and I'm assuming you guys too, on a very big adventure this year of growing intimacy and discovering the beauty of his Holy Spirit to see us through and to enter in again to the advent of Jesus, intimacy with him and living from his non-anxious presence. So as we finish out this year, I'm asking myself, how did I go? Am I living with a greater sense of kingdom assurance in a world and a, and, a, and a moment where everything wants to say there's nothing sure about this world? Am I finishing out the year with a greater sense of nearness to Jesus? Am I aware of the joy of having partnered with the waves of his kingdom in my life? I'm asking myself, and I hope you too will also ask yourself, as you come into this Advent season, do I love Jesus more? Do I know his message of hope more? Am I doing the works of Jesus more? 
all for, and am I participating in his preview people in the earth more from a place of lordship in Christ? And as we enter the celebrations of Advent, Nick and I, we want to invite you guys to take the journey with all of us to intentionally turn our hearts and our lives to Jesus again. It's a beautiful, beautiful season, Advent. It's, a, it's an intentional time to stop and reflect. And we want to encourage you to do that. Grab your Bible, Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. Verse 25. Let's read this together. There's no, um, there's no big screen stuff today. I got up late and I didn't do a PowerPoint. <laughs> so you're actually going to have to open your Bible or use your own phone, you know. So sorry about that. But anyway. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11, let's, let's go, verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son has chosen to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. There's that word again. There's that word again, rest. We've, we've touched on that a few times, and we'll pick up on more of that today. Take my yoke on you, upon you. Learn from me, because I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. Now, it's really important that we don't get all Greek in hearing that word soul and think it's some sort of mystical space within us. It's actually your heart, your mind, and your physical body. It's not some sort of ethereal thing that somehow kind of just floats around like a ghost. That's not what your soul is. We are a complex creation of God. And so when, when he's talking here about soul, he's talking about your mind, your heart, your body. And he's also talking about your will. All of that together is your soul. Take my yoke on, is, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So have we entered into the non-anxious invitation of Jesus to take up his yoke? Well, it's interesting he uses that word rest a few times there in his invitation. And, you know, this, um, this, just this last 24 hours, I got to spend some time with people that I haven't seen for a long time. And um, some of the people that uh, um, I got to spend time with, it was... It was great to hear the story of their life since I last met with them. So last night, Nicole and I, and some other folk from here as well, we got to go to a, um, a birthday celebration for the life of um, Scott McQuaker. Now, some of you may know Scott. He's, he passed away earlier this year, and last night would have been his 40th birthday. And... Um, his beautiful wife, Lynette, and two, two children um, were there last night. And then a whole bunch of people from the long story of God through this place 
Scott, Scott was here when he was like in his late teens, early 20s, and he actually um, was sent out from here to help plant another church, a vineyard church down on the west side of Brisbane as their worship guy, and um, he did a great job of that. But anyway, last night we all, we all got together and there was all these people there from the long story of God in this place. And, and as we spent, I spent time with one particular guy who was there. He, lived, he, now, he and his wife and kids, they live in a, in a regional town not far from here. And, um, but there's, um, you know, there's no vineyard church there. So they're going to another part of the body of Christ, which they are loving and appreciating and being there. But as we got talking, we started talking about, remember when you and Scott, and Scott was this, and we'd hang out with Scott, and Scott would do that, and anyway, he was, this guy was starting to reflect on some of his friendship with Scott. And um, he said, you know, I just, when I think about Scott, I just think about, he was just a guy that just wanted God's presence. He didn't care what it looked like, didn't, he didn't care what he looked like. He just was like everywhere and every possibility. He, want, he just wanted God. God to turn up, God to do things, God to change his life and change the life of the people around him. And, and he said, man, I miss, I miss the vineyard. This guy last night said, man, I miss the vineyard. And so I just poked it and I just said, well, what do you miss? What do you miss? He said, without a doubt, he says, it's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. I just love this morning, you know, our worship. I didn't, I didn't have any sort of pre-conversation with the guys that were leading worship this morning with Neil and the team. They were just really pressing in for his presence. Anyway, this guy was saying to me last night, man, I miss the presence of the Lord. Every time I'd step into that building, he would undo me, he would rewrite me, he would... He would free me, he would fill me, he'd empower me, he'd send me. He said, I miss that. I so miss that. And so we spent some time exploring that together and having a bit of a laugh together about some of that stuff. But at the end of our conversation, I just said, you know what, man? His presence is here right now. I said, you want to you invite his presence right now? And he said, yeah. So anyway, I just, you know, in the middle of the party, just laid hands on him and just invited the Holy Spirit to come. Tears and just the manifest presence of God came over this guy's life. And he got, he got filled with this living, palpable, dynamic presence of the living God. And he entered into a place of rest in that moment from all of the anxiety that's associated with his life. He ended into a moment of rest with Jesus. You know, that word rest is a great one. Not only did Jesus use that word, but it, it had, when Jesus used that word of inviting people into a place of rest, he was also echoing back into the story of God when God was setting the people of Israel free from Egypt. And they get set free from Egypt and they, they get like completely delivered from not just the spiritual gods and their power that was at work in the earth at the time. They were set free from the political powers. They were set free from the oppressive rule of being slaves. And they got set free into this journey with God. 
And it wasn't an easy journey. It wasn't a clean journey. It was complex. It was challenging. There was loads of sweat and all of that involved. But there was a big, a big yes to God in all of it. And as they did that, they get through, you know, the initial breaking out and breaking free. And then God and Moses hang out together. And Moses says, man, this thing is not easy, God. Walking into freedom is not easy. Let alone for my own life, let alone trying to do this with people. It's not easy, God. And the prayer of Moses in that moment is, God, we can't do anything without you. And he says, unless your presence leads us on from here. And if you read it in the book in Exodus 33, when he says presence, it's not a lowercase p. It's a capital P. So it's not an attribute or a function of God. It's who God is. God is the God of presence. And he's made himself known. He's revealed himself as this God that conquers the gods, as this God who sets people free. As, and he manifests his physiological manifest presence and he says to Moses Moses my presence will go with you all the way and I'll give you rest you know that's the promise of God it's always been the promise of God to, for people to enter into rest now I remember what I said rest is not kicking back on a beach, getting sunburnt. Rest is coming fully alive into who we really are meant to be as God's good creation in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We enter, we, we step out of all of the anxiety of our brokenness. We, we journey out from that place and we journey into the resurrection of Jesus. A little bit more every day in the power of the Holy Spirit. We begin to think like Jesus. We begin to walk through circumstance, whether they be high highs or low lows. We walk like Jesus walks. Where we see a need, we reach toward it in the name and the authority of Jesus. Oh my God, if there's a moment that's on our horizon right now, it's even closer than our horizon, is for the people of Jesus to grow up into who they are. Our world is crying out for someone to please stop being timid by the circumstances and intimidated by the circumstances but to step towards the difficulty the challenge and the spiritual contest around all circumstances with the non-anxious authority of Jesus into that moment no matter what the world says no matter what they think of us and whatever we look like what that doesn't matter we're doing this with Jesus, in Jesus, by his authority. Now, some of you all have been disciples of Jesus for a while. You're, you, you've been tracking with him for a while. Some of you are revisiting, do I want to track again with him? The invitation from Jesus is to enter into rest. The invitation from God to Moses is to enter into rest. That is, live from who you are truly meant to be in Jesus Christ. Grounded, established, rooted in God. I love that scripture that Scott read out this morning. 
It's like get your eyes off your feet and get your eyes on what Jesus is up to. You know, I, I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks back. You know, when I go for a walk, sometimes when I go walking, if I've got my eyes down, it's like my head just gets filled with all of this stuff and I feel like this loaded up pressure to have to solve all these things. But then when I lift my eyes up, somehow there's a shift in both natural vision and spiritual impact. Where in my conversation with God, it shifts from being, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, to, oh, thank you, Father. I love you, God. You're so good. And it just fills me with life to be able to go about my day. Lift up your eyes. Moses was invited to rest. We are invited to rest. It's a place of courageous following of Jesus. Because remember what Jesus says. Jesus says, come to me. Follow me. I'll be with you and you'll have rest. Recently, um, our oldest, Kate, she's, um, she's into the journey of um, home ownership. It's her big, you know, venture into this whole area for her own life, which has really been awesome to sort of like cheer her on in seeing her grow up into all of that. And it's like, man, she's had to have all of these conversations that she's never engaged with before, with financial institutions, with brokers, with government, with developers, with builders, with, you know, all this stuff. And then at the same time, she's on this fast track in her, in her vocational life as well. She sort of came into this job space for a not-for-profit organisation as a, as a junior, but the senior over her, a few weeks after Caitlin arrived, the senior decided, uh, I'm, I'm not doing so well at life and I'm going to step out for a while. And so Kate's been like fast-tracked into this senior role for a massive organisation and she's just like, wah, trying to take the ride, you know. And so we're just cheering her on and cheering her on. And every day we're watching her mature. And by that, I mean she is really like, she is a no-mess woman. Like, don't mess with her. She is strong. She has got a sense of identity. She has got a growing sense of God in her life. Like, in the midst of all of this craziness, she decides to read the whole of the Old Testament. And so I'm trying to keep track, keep up with her and read the whole Old Testament. So we've got something to talk about along the way. But I tell you, reading the Old Testament, that, can, that thing can depress you, man. It seriously can. It's like God, time and time again, is like, oh, my people, oh, my people. You know, if only, oh, yes, we will. We repent, we repent. And the prophets say, you better turn, you better turn. And they're like, we will, we will. And God relents and says, oh, have mercy, I'll have mercy. And then the cycle goes again, around and around and around. And I just said to God the other day, I was like, God, these, these prophets, man, they're depressing me. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it's... God's growing these people up and God's growing up my, my girl, my daughter. And in the midst of this, she's becoming a courageous follower of Jesus in discouraging times. We're meant to be courageous followers of Jesus, of the non-anxious Jesus in a very anxious time. So anyway, one of the things that happened was, you know, she finally found out the day like leading up to the moment when all the contracts are signed and all the banks and all of the government and everything developer, you know, with the help of the conveyances and the solicitors, it all kind of, they push a button and it happens, you know? And then you get the phone call or the email to say, settled. 
It's all settled. And leading up to that moment, she was like, oh, I hope this is going to come together and this part's going to come together and I hope they know what they're doing and that person's doing their job and da-da-da-da. And there was a few little moments along the way, not on her end, but on the end of those that are supposed to be working for her that wasn't quite up to speed. But anyway, she's like, and then the email comes settled. And the disposition of her, she was settled. When we enter into a relationship with Jesus, and Moses was offered this same invitation by God to enter into rest, it's this place of, it's settled now. It's done. It's settled now. You don't have to fear that. You don't have to be anxious for that. You don't have to worry for that. You don't have to muscle that to make it happen anymore. It's settled. When Jesus says, come to me and take my yoke upon you, it's easy. It's not heavy. He's saying, and I'll give you rest. He's saying, guys, enter into what I have done for you and who I am as the king. And as I bring the kingdom into the earth, it's settled. Live from that place. Live from the authority that it's settled. We need, our world desperately needs some non-anxious Jesus people who live from the place of it's settled. Our God has made himself known. And we're going to live from who he says we are. We're going to live under his lordship. And we're going to live from the life flow of the power of his Holy Spirit. Whether we're casting out a demon, feeding the poor, trying to do a good job with our accounting, whether we're trying to be great, good parents, and most of the time feeling like we're failing, what, you know, great chaplains in schools, the whole deal. We, we're called to be these people who live from the place, it's settled, it's settled. Enter into the power of the invitation to rest as the non-anxious people of Jesus. Does this mean that life always turns out the way we want it? No. Heck no. There's a bunch of story in this room right now, both amongst ourselves and even in myself, where, where life has not turned out the way I thought it would. And for many of us, even in just the space of this last eight or nine months, we've had to let go of dreams, hopes, ambitions, plans. It's not, it's not what we thought it would be. Do we get to live in the story that we get to write? No. Do we get to win every spiritual battle? No. Got to hear that. Do we get to win every spiritual battle? No. Do we get to walk in the fullness of the kingdom of God now, all of the time? No. Do we get to live in the kingdom come now, some of the time, part of the time? Yes. What we do have in the midst of all of this is God's presence. His presence is our history. His presence is our future. And his presence will lead us. I just, as I'm closing out here, 
I just want to encourage you. This Advent, I want to encourage us all not to turn up to God, rearrange the furniture in our life, and think it's all going to be great. Let's turn up to God and enter into the invitation that he has for our life, where we say, it's all your furniture anyway, God. Set it up how you'd please. I want to live in your presence, with your presence leading me. Moses' life was characterised by hunger for the presence of God. Jesus' life was characterised by his desire to be with the Father, to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Moses' life was characterised by a hunger and, and, and the presence of the living God. It showed and he glowed, literally. Literally. He, the mat, being near to God had a physiological impact on that guy's life where people looked at him and said, dude, I mean, they said, put a bag over your head. It's too much. But they were being confronted by the reality of that's what it looks like when you come alive living near God. Moses understood that his best witness to the world was to be intimately invested in God's presence. When he said this, he said, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me, God? Isn't that the quiet prayer that we all want answered? Do you really love me, God? Are you really pleased with me? That's why it's been in the book from back at Moses. Everyone, that's everyone's question. Do you really love me, God? How will anyone know that you do love me unless you go with me? He drew his identity from the presence of God. And I want to invite you this Advent. Don't just shift the furniture and hope that it'll be a different story. Let Jesus put the furniture where he wants to. It's his, it's his life that he's invited you into. Enter into his authority and rest. Enter into his presence. Be characterised by being with him. Let his um, presence be the very dis defining distinction that others see. As we close out this year, it's a big moment of invitation from God to enter again into his presence. So let me just read that. Jesus said, come to me. That's an invitation to presence. Come into presence, my presence, and I'll give you rest. Non-anxious, settled life to be able to navigate the story ahead. My mate last night, it was so good just seeing the Holy Spirit fall on him at this party. Just started shaking and crying and all the anxiety and the hurt and the pain just got like loved on by the presence of God. That floats my boat. <laughs> that floats my boat. The presence of God. He left that place a different person than when he arrived, my mate last night. The presence of God. There's one thing we're known for here at the Vineyard and we will always be known for because it's our history and that history will determine our future. We love his presence. We just simply love his presence.
if you would like the presence of the living God to just visit you in this moment, this morning, he's inviting you to enter into the settledness of the non-anxious rest and settledness and authority of who you really are in the resurrected Jesus. If you would like our God of presence to come and fill you, why don't you just stand where you are? Just stand up where you are. We just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Father God, I thank you for your, your love for us. I thank you for the, the story of your love in your scriptures. And we just welcome you now even as we've sat under the goodness of your word, your Holy Spirit has been touching our heart, touching our mind, speaking to our soul, ministering healing and power into our physical body. But right now, Father, would your presence come? We welcome your presence to touch us. Even as Moses met with you, even as Jesus spent time with you, Father. We just want to step into that big invite right now of your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Just let your spirit come. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More. Just pay attention to your body right now. Where your, your physical body is aware of the dynamic presence of God. More, Lord where the arguments of your thinking are just somehow just settling and being peaceful now. And the kindness of God is just giving you the mind of Jesus. More, Lord. The softening of your will in this moment to the presence of God. Just let that, let that come. Just let it come. Let that come. That's it. More for you. More, Lord. Father, I pray that as we go out from this place today, we would be a people who walk from the place of your presence, the place of rest. True rest. All of the things that we have to walk through this week and you're calling us to love in your name, more, Lord. We want to do it from that non-anxious place of your love and lordship to the people around us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For the things that we get find ourselves standing in front of that we think is too big or too complex or too confusing, right there, we pray, Holy Spirit, you just rise up within us and show us who we are in that moment to bring the non-anxious presence of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, I bless your people. In Jesus' name, I bless you. I bless you to be the people of the presence of the living God. Now go as people who are loved and go and love people. In Jesus' name, amen.